you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the 50th annual Around the NFL Fantasy Extravaganza with special guests, The Big Fish, Evan Silva, Mike Florio, and Marcus Grant of NFL Fantasy Live, Yeah, Matt Harmon. Greg, brick by brick, Rosenthal. Hell yeah! Rotopat, Patrick Darty. And also, Mark is here. I'm oh, Dan right, Hansis. That, that's, that's predictable. And now, your host and two time League of Record champion, Dan Hansis. Thank you, me. You have raw, carnal charisma. Welcome, yes, to the 51st annual Around the NFL Fantasy Extravaganza. Yes, excitement is in the air. It's the final week of August, which means your fantasy football draft is right around the corner, or it should be. We are here to ensure that by the end of this episode, there's only one thing left to do. Just like Jake Taylor said in Major League, win the whole f thing. Whoa. Sitting to my left, he's famously put in the work to make Triple G his nickname of record. But to me, and for the purposes of today's show, he's Triple B, brick by brick Rosenthal. <laughs> Greg, fantasy is a life you left behind, but I know it's still inside you. Well, I left behind to come with, here with you and uh, make a new life. Daddy's happy. <laughs> Second marriages with Greg Rosenthal. But a new generation starting. Like, my son is starting to get into fantasy, and that's, 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 how, you, that's how you build a legacy, the next generation. And sitting to Triple B's left is a man who risked his life on the fantasy corner for years, but now calls the safe confines of the Chris Wessling podcast studio his home. He's on the show today. It's Mark Sessler. <laughs> Mark, butterflies? Oh, absolutely, because I, I think, you know, from a listener standpoint, 
This is a signature, perhaps the biggest show of the year for many people because wow. it involves their money if they follow our advice and then we're hooked to their yeah. their earnings. So too. how does it but a little weird biggest show of the year and yet your role is always a little uh, I think Dan uh, av like obviously enjoyed writing the intro uh, to the show there and um, I'm not surprised by how I was treated within the intro. He loved writing <laughs> oozing with charisma. Right. I mean, not it's sort of like self-fantasy. <laughs> it's just like, unfurling. Okay. We know how that. he sees himself. <laughs> Uh, yes, this is, you know, they say don't mess with other people's money. That's what the show is about for us. We're messing with your money, but we're not messing with it. We're protecting it. We're taking that investment that, you know, off the books, not anything of issue with Uncle Sam investment in your league. Maybe the investment is just for fun. I don't know what you're doing in your league, if that's the case. Uh, and we're going to turn that into a profit. If you listen to our guests because we have, as you heard in the intro, with that raw, bursting charisma, carnal sexuality from our uh, host uh, narrator, this is going to be what? <laughs> oh, that's you. Is this going to continue all show? <laughs> we have a who's who. And because we have so many great guests, we can't waste any more time. This is the fantasy. This is the 52nd fantasy extravaganza. <laughs> it's time to welcome in our first guest. He's a uh, man who... Uh, used to be a, co a colleague of ours, but now he's doing his own thing. He's killing it. He's got his own website, Reception Perception. He knows all fantasy ball. We're going to talk wide receivers with him because that makes sense. Bring in Matt Harmon. Welcome, Whee! Matt Harmon. Unbelievable. There he is. There he is. Oh, he's looking swole, newly married. He always spent a lot of money on his hair, and he still, you can tell it's looking good. It's a, it's a challenger to what's going on with Dan. No, I'll, I'll say this, boys. This is probably um, the first time all over the last two months I've, I've done my hair. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, hair, the hair is over. I'm, really? a hat, I'm a hat guy now. Oh, you're into okay. the hat realm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, you've had a two-month-long hat head. That's concerning. I mean, you're married <laughs> now. Like, you know. Yes, how is married life? I know we see each other down by the sea from time to time, and it seems like you're very happy and a lucky man. How are you feeling? I'm the luckiest. Uh, things are great. Uh, she is the best person on planet Earth, very supportive of uh, Look at that. the absurd amount of time I put into the wide receiver game. So that, that was kind of the thing, right? Like if somebody was going to marry me, they've got to understand or try to understand the whole fantasy thing and the reception perception thing. Yes. That's, a, that's a lot to juggle. Right. So. You're into receivers. We're going to talk receivers. You have the site reception perception. We're going to talk more fantasy. But what some people don't know, mm -hmm. and maybe even you guys um, forgot about this. Test us. Um, is that Matt Harmon was on our show one time before, but it wasn't in the studio, and it wasn't as uh, a member of NFL media. It no. was a, as a call-in contestant on one of the very <laughs> first <laughs> episodes oh of Win Wes's Toaster back in 2013. Wow. Justin, really? uh, let's, let's listen to this. Do we have someone on the line that could take Wes on? We do, and let me tell you that I screened this person. He was pretty darn good, Wes, so I wouldn't be so, so confident. I know you did your studying, but be prepared for a <laughs> Is good Is this match. the first radio telecast? Mm. So. Now on the phone is a true contender, Matt Harmon. Beware. What's up, fellas? Hey, Matt. <laughs> Matt Harmon. How you doing? How you doing? Welcome to the Around the League podcast. Happy to be here. Different Where are you name? from, Matt? I am from Virginia. Lynchburg right now, to be exact. Who's your team? Uh, well, I... That's a complicated question. <laughs> That's five out of six. <laughs> Here's after the show. Three. For Matt, Wes, 
this was a big day for Chris Wessling. Yes, it was. Your, your victory speech. Go ahead. Well, you know what? The toaster is mine. I'm keeping it. <laughs> I've earned it, and no one else can have it. Matt. <laughs> Whoa, what is this? Seduction Wednesday? Some toaster love for you. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. And, uh... You know, Chris Wessling, round of applause for, you know, always defending that title with honor. And even when he lost the toaster, Wes was a man of integrity. Uh, Matt, that is amazing. I had no idea. Yeah, um, I was a huge fan of the show at the time and a huge fan of Wes specifically. Sorry, guys. I mean, you're oh, you're, no, you're, you're okay. I too. But, um, yeah, that was awesome. I, I mean, I was so geeked about that. So uh, here, being able to hear it now, it's pretty cool. Re-listening to it was amazing. That was our first season. That was 2013. The Pan- Your Panthers, I think, were the actual team of ATL. We had a different name as a podcast, and uh, it was a controversial episode because we had on we had on the guy who we thought had beat him, and the judge realized after the fact that the judge had made a mistake. It was wow, uh, what a moment! Back in history. <laughs> Uh, but you you got you got rocked. And three right? out of five. Okay. That's better than five a lot to of the, three. The, five ham, to the three. ham and eggers that would come on and get zero or one. You get three. Three is not That's bad. That's very good. The goal was to get from when Wes's toaster to this moment now. It's so I think a, I think in the long run, it's kind run, of amazing. It's literally nine years ago. It's really insane. <laughs> um, and here we are now entering the 2022 season. And um, Matt, the wide receiver group uh, for fantasy heads out there last year, people that drafted Cooper Cup. And I feel like Cup is where you got to start on some level because what Cup did last year, winning the Triple Crown, yards, catches, touchdowns, for a guy that had essentially been like a 1,000-yard receiver but not a super-duper star, uh, he's going to go very high in drafts, obviously. Two-part question. One, do you feel comfortable saying that's kind of close to his baseline at this point in his career or will be an outlier? And Mm. two, is there someone else out there who has established themselves as a playmaker but you see can win leagues and be the new Cooper Cup in 2022? I think that's like the biggest question in all of fantasy this year is who's going to be that like next version of Cooper Cup. Um, I think when you look back at Cooper Cup, this is probably going to be an outlier year. Like how many times is somebody really going to win the Triple Crown twice? Probably not going to happen. But I I love – the Cooper Cup example because he's a guy who had a resume, like you said, and in reception perception, he'd always been one of the best zone beating receivers in the entire NFL. And, you know, he's he's got the most hyper unique role too. So I think you can like he, he doesn't go out there and do like what Stefan Diggs does or something like that, like line up on the outside against press coverage, against man coverage and, and win on a route by route basis. He's schemed into a lot of favorable situations. Mm. And I think you kinda if you want to start with like who's the next Cooper Cup, you kind of look at those other big slot receivers. I think one guy who is is like boring now at this point. I think Juju Smith-Schuster has kind of gone from one of being Whoa. the most overrated receivers in the NFL to one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. And if you look at just his profile compared to Cooper Cup, big slot receiver, zone beater, and now he's gotten probably an even – bigger quarterback upgrade than Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. Like the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger to Patrick Mahomes is a pretty huge upgrade. But um, if I want to be like exciting though, I think the guy who takes the step into Dan to steal your phrase, the superstar club, Mm -hmm. I think it's Michael Pittman this year for sure. I mean, he's going to go high. I've got him ranked as a top 10 receiver. So like I'm already kind of ranking him as if he's made that jump. But I mean, this guy is so good. I think his game reminds me, people kind of feel like Michael Pittman, is like a jump ball receiver, but I, I kind of view him more of like a Keenan Allen, um, Allen Robinson hybrid, like a slasher. He can definitely do that type of stuff, like go down the field. 
and win contested, but he can also separate at all three levels. And playing with a quarterback like Matt Ryan, that's a much better fit than Carson Wentz. To me, to me, Chase would be like the answer to your specific question. Just be, Dan, just because like he's right there with Randy Moss is like the best rookie receiver. Right. Ever. No, what you're and saying is true, I but I'm mean, saying the guy that's like you take him in the yeah. second or third round, okay. and all of a sudden he's winning leagues because he's but a one, top three one player. One thing I was surprised looking at it, and I guess this is a. a trend every year in fantasy, but especially now more than ever. It's like Matt was ahead of the game. I feel like this is a receiver league. Like you see it with the money that's being paid uh, and you just see it year after year. There, there's so much depth at receiver, but the top like five guys, especially at wideout to me are such incredibly safe bets. Yeah. Justin Jefferson and Chase and I'd throw Diggs and Adams in there that like I would rather have them than maybe any receiver. I, you know, and certainly almost any. I mean, any running back rather, and and definitely for me, any running back maybe other than Jonathan Taylor. Maybe I would throw Dalvin Cook and Kamara in there, but those guys are going later in drafts. And like, man, when, when you're drafting early, if you're getting a point per reception, all those guys I'd rather have than these running backs. Yeah. Um I like to think I was ahead of the curve. I maybe just got lucky. Like when I was doing the win Wes's toaster no, thing, you saw in, all this coming. In, you know, in the background, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm charting routes and all that for for reception perception. So it was it was about the same time. But yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Greg. I think all those guys are just rock solid. It's like bets. they're getting taken around the same time that DeAndre Swift and even I'd throw Henry in that mix or like yeah. a, like Fournette and Javante Williams are somehow in the same round as some of these guys. Which to me, it's, it boggles the mind. Like take. Take the easy, like, home run, which is these guys early. What do you do, you know, with the the quarterback changes around the league? Like, you've got Jerry Judy, who we've seen the potential, and he's trapped position as a certain thing, but there's an upgrade in theory because of Russell Wilson. And Cortland Sutton, it sounds like, is, is, has great chemistry with Russell Wilson. But then the flip side, like a DK Metcalf, who is a dominant wideout, but stuck in purgatory based on what they're probably going to get at quarterback. Do you... Do you just for your own drafting, would you knock – people are going to want to take DK Metcalf, but what happens to him in that environment? Yeah, it's a great question. And this year, you can't really do the old thing of like, well, you know, a guy, guy changes teams. You can't really trust fantasy receivers who change teams. Good luck with that if you try to take that strategy, right, because there's been so much receiver movement and quarterback movement too. Um, over at Yahoo, like the top 40 receivers in ADP, 19 of them have new quarterbacks. I mean, some of these guys Whoa. like Ayuk and Debo caught passes from Trey Lance, but – they're they're not you know used to starting with him for the full season, so you can't really get away with that. With the, I mean the Seahawks example specifically, it's so tough because yeah, I mean Metcalf and Lockett too. By the way, I don't understand the huge gap between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in terms of an ADP perspective. Because if you look at the games that Geno Smith started last year, he actually had a higher target share, did Tyler Lockett, than DK Metcalf. And I mean I've been in the bag for for Tyler Lockett for many years. They're both years. pretty buried. Like I yeah. feel like there's a lot of. Um people reacting to the quarterback situation. Like you mentioned A.J. Brown, like both Eagles seem insanely low mm-hmm. to me in terms of A.J. Brown could be a top six or seven fantasy receiver. And Devontae Smith, I would expect to do better. But I think people just look at Jalen Hurts or they look at Trey Lance when it comes to Ayuk and they get a little scared. I'm not as scared. I like all those guys. I think at receiver, you can bet on talent more than any other position in fantasy. Like a running back, sometimes a guy really can be tanked by a situation. But with receiver, like the best players do tend to rise to the top. And there are certain guys like the San Francisco example is great that I think Trey Lance's skill set, I mean, we haven't seen it fully, but his theoretical skill set overlaps so much more with Ayuk than it does like than Jimmy G and Debo Samuel. That was a great connection stylistically. So I think you can 
look at quarterbacks in that way, not necessarily just even how good they are, but what type of receiver do they fit with? And you know, when you spend a lot of time watching a receiver, you typically tend to find out the, like what type of quarterbacks fit with them the, the best. And like Sutton seems like he would with Russell Wilson. Well, that's all the reporting, yeah. too, that yeah. they are just like... So are you high on both of those guys? or what? I can't shake the feeling that we get to like week six and week seven and we're, we're looking at the Denver Broncos just kind of like, I mean, this is... This is it. Mm. Um, I, I love it. I, I think with with the <laughs> I, loved, I so agree. I just think it's been it's been like ticket for the AFC title game. I don't buy that. I, I would love to have been able to come in here and say like, oh yeah, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. These guys are coming off great years from an individual perspective. And you know, for your listeners that aren't familiar with reception perception, what I try to do is I think it's the only tool out there that can truly isolate wide receiver play from the surrounding variables because we know wide receiver production so inherent on. Um, those outside variables, you know, to, to get there, obviously you need to have a good quarterback and all that stuff. But um, I don't think Cortland Sutton played that well in isolation last year. There's a reason that he totally fell off the map once Jerry Judy got back there. And Judy obviously was banged up. I think that's the thing is you can make an injury excuse for both these guys. Like Cortland Sutton was playing first year after an ACL, Jerry Judy playing on a high ankle sprain. But I just don't think either of those guys, we haven't seen it from Sutton since he tore his ACL, even though he was a great player that year. With Judy, we've only kind of seen it in flashes. And I think losing Tim Patrick is a is a big deal. Like now their third receiver, you know, KJ Hamler's not even really doing like team drills. He's like running individual drills. So I, I've I'm okay ranking these guys where where like around where they are in ADP, but they're not some of my prime targets there. Hmm. I have two players I wanted to uh, talk about here. One is a first round guy that if you're picking in the middle to back end of the first round, I'm wondering where you are on Tyreek Hill because he is that special Hall of Fame level player that I'm sure on reception perception grades off the charts yeah. for what he does well. Uh, but you are going, it's the reverse of the juju. You're going from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> to a lesser entity, even though some people are very high, obviously, on Tua. And then uh, the second part is a guy a little later in drafts that could be seen as a steal, but then maybe again, like in November, you're like, oh, I overthought that one. He had been out of the league for two years, and now he's got Jameis Winston. Michael Thomas, where are you on those two guys? Yeah, Tyreek Hill, I've got him you know, ranked around like the fringe top 10 area. I'm fine taking him there. I don't think you can really justify a top 20 ranking for a guy like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill because I just think this is going to be a run-first offense, questionable quarterback. So I think you kind of have to put a, a flag on one or the other. Like if you're going to rank Tyreek Hill top 10, you can't really rank Jalen Waddell top 17 because the math just doesn't really work out there. But at the same time, they also don't really have any like a relevant third receiver. So I'm I'm fine with where Tyree Kill's going, but I'm not super bullish one way or another. Um, on Michael Thomas, though, I said this going into last year. I think Michael Thomas gets a bad rap as like the Slant Boy thing. Oh, well, it's a good nickname because it's objectively hilarious <laughs> and it bothers him. That's how you know it's a good nickname. Nobody wants to be called a blank boy anything. No, no. Slant Boy is not. not. Yeah, no. sometimes. But uh, <laughs> Mark does. That's a separate podcast. It's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that Michael Thomas actually is like a full field route runner. He has the second uh, highest success rate versus man coverage score since 2014 in reception perception all time. Like I think he can do it all. It's just been so long since we've seen him. What type of player is he at, the, is he at this point? I'm actually kind of excited about Jameis potentially – unleashing him. We talked about like quarterback and wide receiver hmm. relationship earlier. Talk to me. I, yeah, right. Um, I think that like Deontay Johnson's <laughs> a guy who gets, you know, kind of typecasted as he can only run these little pop gun routes because Ben Roethlisberger could really only throw those pop gun routes. And I think, you know, 
Wes was on this early about Drew Brees, that his arm strength was in severe decline. That was kind of right as Michael Thomas was hitting his prime. So I think that's why Thomas has that, like, slant boy mm. moniker. But, you know, he goes around, like, wide receiver 30, 32. I'm fine taking him as, like, your third wide receiver because at that point – Man, that's – I mean, that's what I love. That's what I love me in some fantasy drafts is you take take the swings. And that, again, yeah. to, to talk about Wes, that was our thing. Take those – like, there are so many good receivers. I would – I would look in the rounds like five through eight. It's crazy. It's just deeper than it's ever been to get a guy like Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. I'll live with that suspension for him to come back uh, a little later. Uh, like Thielen is going in that area in the sixth round. To me, he has like huge upside this year. And then you get deeper, and it's like Elijah Moore. All the second year guys, like, man. Elijah Moore. I, it seemed crazy to me. He's so clearly to me going to probably be the one there in Ayuk and all these guys I would just like keep loading up because all those running backs you'd take in that area will be slow. You called Elijah Moore a star in one of your articles. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm so in on Elijah Moore. I think go. he's he's going to be a big-time player. He's one of these guys that in their rookie season hit 75% success rate versus man. Like Those guys are the stars of the NFL. There are very, very few guys who have been true failures that have hit that marked in RP. I mean, there's guys like you know Sterling Shepard, who's been fine, like Curtis Samuel, who's been fine. But for the most part, these are like the all-stars of the NFL. So he, I, I love a lot. He had like kind of blown up. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had kind of blown up and then got hurt, and yeah. then that stopped his momentum. But Had his biggest yeah. game last year with Joe Flacco. There you go. Right. And <laughs> he might be playing I, with Joe Flacco a lot. One. Right. And the, I, I would work, I would be a little wary of Garrett Wilson just because I think it's yeah. crowded there and it might mm. take him a little minute. But take be like an NFL team. If you've especially got three wide receivers and a flex, like draft five good ones, draft six good ones, you'll end up you'll using hit. them all. And if you've got too many, like, great. You'll, you, they will be as easy to trade as anyone. Can I ask you about one guy real quick? Like, yes. I, I, George Pickens is, like, blown up the summer. And if, I think if you're a, a more casual fantasy person and you're a Steelers fan, I just would take him because it's like I want him to be great. He's so – I mean, rookies, do you just tend to not trust them as much no matter what happens in the preseason? Or does someone like Pickens kind of rise up through the ranks for you? Rookies are interesting in fantasy because I'd rather be yeah, – outside of the guys like last year, Jamar Chase, and I think Drake London and Chris Olave this year, I'm, I'm fine like drafting from the jump because you can project them to a really big role right away just based on the other guys that are there and also how good those those players are. There are players like I think Alec Pierce fits into this. I think George Pickens, though he's probably going to start. I would start him in two wide receiver sets over Chase he's Claypool. Been in, yeah. He's been in two wide receiver sets this I summer. Think he's, I think he's a really, really good prospect. So he might be an exception to this, but typically like a guy like Sky Moore, you want them to be sort of that Amon Ra St. Brown last year that when the bye week hits, you see their snaps rising, you see their targets start to but rise. he's getting taken so late. I mean, he's yeah, almost just a flyer. Him, right? That's crazy. The thing is, though, a lot of these guys um, – I'll go back to the St. Brown example, um, who's another player I really like this year among that second-year group. All the folks that had him on their teams that like won championships last year were, were probably not the ones that drafted him as that late flyer. I mean, you could take him and drop him, but be ready to like pick him back up if you start to see those snaps rising, the playing time rising. That's just one no, thing that I would there's recommend. There's nothing worse than that. When you have, <laughs> yes, when it's you the, have worst. the vibe on a player in August and you think you're smart and then the slow start and you lose and then someone else cashes in on that lotto ticket. Um, all right, Matt Harmon. Man, we could talk for another hour with you, but we have such a uh, a jam-packed show. But you are a perfect leadoff man here. Uh, check out Matt on Twitter, at Matt Harmon. You, of course, Matt, you could find at Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, and, of course, his Reception Perception site, which you, by the way, call RP. 
just throwing it out there. That's great IP intellectual <laughs> property that you created, and hopefully you leverage that into multi-millionaire status Whoa. eventually. Fingers that, crossed. Well, a, a branding whiz here. He is. All right, Matt Harmon, <laughs> thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thank Matt. you. Thank you. All right, there goes Matt. We'll be right back with more very special guests, the 52nd Annual Fantasy Extravaganza. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that saying? with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are back. The extravaganza rolls on with some very special guests joining us in studio. Right here, colleagues from the NFL fantasy game, Marcus Grant, Mike Florio. Welcome to Around the NFL. I, this music, it, it sounds like it sounds like something from like an Apple TV space epic produced by Tom Hanks. Mm. You know, <laughs> well you just very expensive, that. Thanks, I appreciate classy, that. no one watches it. Yeah, something like, like that. It, it, yeah. it gets all like sort of all kind of love from the critics, but like no one you know in real life right. has ever seen it. <laughs> Absolutely. What is up, Mike Florio? First time, long time. First time, yeah. First time, long time. I, How I are you? Well, we're assuming time. long time. I'm not sure that oh, you've yeah. okay. very long time. But I'm, never, I, I'm just happy to be here with you guys. Um, you guys are with the NFL Fantasy Live gang here at NFL Network, also the, the podcast and anywhere else you find the content for NFL Fantasy. You will see Marcus and Mike prominently involved with the rest of the gang. And I think because we have you guys together, I think it would be fun to get into a little debate type. Mm. You know, this so you're, our, this podcast started as the ATL Debate Club. It did. 
How about a little deb- debate between Mike and Marcus? So you're trying to drive a wedge between us. That's, that's what, what we're that trying to do. Well, that's what the show is mostly about. <laughs> we, we like to create artificial conflict. That's basically Do you naturally get along, or is, it, or is it, or is it um, just a surface level? No, we actually, level you know, we, we, I consider ourselves. I want to start because this one's juicy to me. Let's move. We just talked wide receivers with your former colleague, Matt Harmon. Let's talk running backs. Let's talk Ezekiel Elliott, who is polarizing beyond belief. Once upon a time, a couple years ago, this guy's a top five pick in fantasy drafts. Now it feels like it's swung the other way, and many people see him as washed and someone to stay away from. Where do you come down on this one, Marcus? I want to be washed to the tune of being the RB7 last year, which is is what he Uh. was. Um, I feel like tales of Ezekiel Elliott's demise are greatly exaggerated. Hmm. Uh, this is a guy who, look, I, I know the, the talk that he didn't have the burst, he didn't have the acceleration. He also was playing injured for a good chunk of the year last year. Fantasy Twitter has put Tony Pollard in the Cowboys' ring of honor. Um, <laughs> you know, and like, I, don't, I don't quite see it. I still think... I still think Zeke has a lot left. Plus, everything the Cowboys have told us this offseason says they still want him to be the workhorse back. Uh, they still want to give him uh, you know, 250, 275 touches. And I feel like there, there aren't many running backs that you can draft that still have that sort of touch share. So I'm still in on Zeke. I, I will certainly take the, the gladly take the discount. He's coming off the board in the third round, so I will gladly draft him there. I think Is he that has, that big a discount? I mean, well, that's still pretty early. It is still pretty early, but it's a discount compared to, you know, in Zeke's past when you were talking about him as easily, you know, a first round guy. Uh, it's it's and I feel like it's gone up actually. I feel like it was fourth, fifth round earlier this summer. So I will gladly draft him in the third round. You know, if I'm going two wide receivers early, I'll make him my first running back. I'm I'm totally happy with that. Mike, does this sound like madness to you? Uh, so the one issue with the fact that me and Marcus talk fantasy football all day long yeah. is that. You know, some of his opinions rub off on me, and Marcus no, slowly has been making me a <laughs> Zeke believer. But third round is too early for me. Uh, the thing with Zeke is. The last couple of years, like last year, he finished as the RB7, but I believe in an individual week, he was a top seven running back one time. So he's kind of like a volume-dependent guy who at the end of the year, you're going to be like, oh, wow, he greatly exceeded his ADP. Um, But I just, if I'm taking someone in the third round, I'm a sucker for upside. So I think like ETN and Brees Hall would be more the running backs that that I go for there. Because my my concern with Zeke is if that volume starts to dwindle, whether they start passing more or Tony Pollard does eat into that workload, I think then he'll struggle to return RB1 value. But luckily for Marcus and people drafting him, you do not have to take him as an RB1. When I saw that you had a Brees Hall above him, I mean, the Jets are a projection entirely on offense too. I, I just I found that spicy. That that's that was I, that, you're a bit of an outlier on that front. I I, I he's a approved. He, he's a bad boy. <laughs> he's showing off the sleeves here, Florio. I love it. Yeah, give, give me all the Brees Hall over Zeke. That's what uh, I guess bad boys do. I don't we have know. a much cooler Florio. Let's just, let's just face it. And I will I'll say this that like what Marcus is saying, and I don't know if I'm taking him in the third round, but I I see what you're saying because a. If he was playing through a partially torn PCL last year in his knee, okay, the fact that he ended up RB7, that's kind of impressive. And B, I totally buy into sometimes when the owner slash GM, like Jerry Jones, even though there's only one Jerry Jones, says to the media, oh, he's still our guy. He's going to be our bell cow. It's like when Jerry says it, 
financially he has reasons for it to be that way too. So I think he's telling his head coach, mm. the owner, he is our guy. Make it work. I was gonna say, is is he telling it to us as fans or the media, or is he is he speaking to Mike McCarthy? You know, yeah. I mean, all of the above. Right? I think this right. is not Georgia Frontier uh, issuing right. fantasy <laughs> advice. So. Mike Florio, how about? The quarterback position. Ooh. I love I you want to talk about spicy takes. Mike Florio hates Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Partially because I'm a Bills fan. Oh, okay. I yeah, understand okay. that. I understand. That had to be those twelve seconds probably. We're using that as, the, as the, the pull quote. <laughs> <laughs> why why do you think that Patrick Mahomes is someone that are you saying people should stay away from Patrick Mahomes? Uh, I'm not saying you should stay away from him. I don't think he should be Heresy. going as a top three quarterback like he is in most fantasy drafts. And, and my reason is, one, I, I think of all non-quarterbacks, Tyreek Hill is the most influential offensive player in the NFL. Like He opens up so much for everyone else. And I think Patrick Mahomes will be fine with Juju and Sky Moore and all those guys they brought in, but I don't think he's going to have someone that could take a 10-yard pass 80 yards or someone that will consistently be open downfield and just create a lot more room underneath. But also the biggest thing is that the five guys I have ahead of him, Allen, Herbert, uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, they all run a lot more than Patrick Mahomes does. And in fantasy football, like that is kind of like a cheat code, getting a running back, a uh, quarterback who can run like that. So I, I think he will be a QB1. I just think the five guys that I have ahead of him have a easier path to being the best quarterback in fantasy than Mahomes does. Why do you hate like Florio as a person just because of his opinion? <laughs> I mean, how do how do you how do you spit on Patrick Mahomes like that? I mean, it's like it's like putting ketchup on a steak. Wait, that's not probably, that's, probably not a good analogy with Mahomes, right? <laughs> um, I, I I still believe in Mahomes. I still have him as a top three quarterback for me, and I I sort of look which at is it, how early like for you. Uh, for me, I think you're still talking about the fourth round, which is weird. Like, I, I will probably never have Patrick Mahomes because of where you have to draft him. I'm not, I'm not ready to draft a quarterback at that spot just yet. Um, but I still believe, I think in a weird way, maybe not having Tyreek Hill helps him out. And I, I, I always go back to some of early career Drew Brees, right, where it was hard to peg a Saints wide receiver, maybe outside of Marcus Colston that you really wanted, but you knew Drew Brees was going to be a top five guy because he was spreading the ball around to a whole bunch of players. Mahomes has been amazing, pretty much just funneling the ball to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Now he's got Kelsey. Now he's got Juju. I think Valdez Scantling makes some plays. I think Sky Moore kind of slides in there. And, and whether or not he's throwing it, you know, take your running back pick, right? If it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if it's Isaiah Pacheco, who's become a fantasy hipster pick now. I think there's a lot mm. more places to go with the football. And I, I know we all love the quarterbacks who can run, and those are the guys we love in the top five. The other way to be a top five quarterback is to be insanely efficient, which is what we've seen out of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. If there's anybody who can slide into that, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. And maybe maybe having a wider selection of targets means he's not playing hero ball as much. Maybe he's not forcing it. And some of those those throws we saw last year that ended up as interceptions, maybe they turn into completions and touchdowns, and we see Patrick Mahomes still finish you know, as a top three guy. Like, where, where are you, Florio, on, on when to take these quarterbacks generally? Because it, it is confusing, I think, taking a step back and, like, looking at the drop-off at running back, for instance. Like, at first, there, there's all these great players. Kamara, I like the Saquon bounce-back idea. You know, uh, Chubb, Aaron Jones, those are, like, second-round type of guys. Maybe Joe Mixon. And then it's, like, Ezekiel Elliott 
and Cam Akers and James Conner and ETN and Josh Jacobs. And it's you like disgust guys that, on your face when you say those things. <laughs> that's he became RB7 last year. I get it, but they're like third and fourth round guys. And it's like, are they that good at like playing football? Like, which is, is a factor because you start losing <laughs> touches and everything. And then you can compare that to guys like Lamar or Jalen Hurts or Kyler and like quarterbacks that to me are money in the bank will get running back like like that will get running value for you and like and or the receivers that are available there it just feels to me and 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 tell me if i'm wrong like these mediocre running backs are really getting pushed up the board yeah that and we like to call it like the rb dead zone which is where like people start just pulling up running backs because they're like oh my god all the good running backs are gone now i need one so they're just gonna leave other position like good talent on the board but i do agree with marcus like Mahomes fourth round is is a route is about right, but just because quarterback is so deep, I'd rather take a receiver or I'd probably avoid those running backs. He said, but I'll take like a receiver there or something, and I'll just get a quarterback a little bit later. I, I mean, do say though, by the way, I, I think, and I say this every summer, I think we are in line for kind of a rethinking of quarterback scoring because That's if what we I'm all I'm if bringing we, this if we all believe that Josh Allen is great or Patrick Mahomes is great I don't believe it should be a strategic disadvantage to draft those guys and that's sort of where we are right now and I think we need to figure out something unless you do a QB a 2 QB league I, like I do like, I don't even that, think that's how you play the sport in modern times but I don't think I don't think that does it either I think what that does is create <laughs> scarcity I don't think it, I don't think it separates mm. the elites from the mediocres I think it just creates scarcity like we need to be in a world where we live in a world right now in where James Winston can throw 30 <laughs> picks and end up as a top five quarterback, and that's just not—that's just not, that's just not mm. kosher to me. So, uh, you know, whether it's because quarterbacks turn into league winners, though. That's they the do. thing all the time. Like Lamar was a league. I think Jalen Hurts will be a league winner yep. this year if you could draft. Be. Like, just take him in the fourth round instead of these. You could get these, him two uh, rounds backs. later. You right. get him in the sixth at times. I don't like, want to. You've got wanna. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Mike, down at 13. I find that. Intriguing, too. I, I trust him to, to produce. I joke that this is the first time ever that his fantasy ranking is higher than his number. Um, but the, the thing is, he lost Devontae Adams, and he doesn't run at all, and he's been a quarterback who's been relying on like being uber-efficient the last couple of years. And with his receiving room, I know he's great. He's Aaron Rodgers. He, he, he's been on a spiritual journey and all that. I don't know if he's going to be able to duplicate. He's a tattoo that also uh, I would say is very intricate, not unlike his. His is his is nice. He his yeah. artist gets paid a lot of money, I'm sure. <laughs> he's also like the back-to-back reigning MVP is 38. Is he just going to just win MVP every year at this point? Maybe he would be a guy I would stay away from. I want to throw I want to throw this name out here and I like I am not an expert like you guys, but I play the game. I have in my league of record the second overall pick. You said you were a two-time champ two-time in your champ. league of record. And that's to be clear, a, Mark and I years. are not in that league. Like as you said <laughs> no. it, it yeah. almost sounded like you won the around the NFL league. Right? No. You've not There's no me. such thing. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> this is the league of record going back to it with some chums from the late '90s. But I'm saying, in my league of record, I have the second overall pick. I'm going to say three words: Christian McCaffrey, help. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it there. I I, I understand. What I if understand you drafted Christian McCaffrey last year? No, I get it. I understand. Who would you take? Or most of these years? I would, if Christian McCaffrey's there at two, I'm taking McCaffrey. Um, okay. Just because, look, one running back is especially fragile. Any guy can get hurt pretty much at any time. But when healthy, there aren't many guys who play the same number of snaps and get the same number of touches that Christian McCaffrey is going to get. And you know, that's the thing that Florio and I talked about is you know what happens if they decide to maybe ease off and give him fewer touches. And my response is, Matt Rule has an ounce of self-preservation. He's going to ride Christian McCaffrey because he is True. the best player on that team. So, you know, 
I would say they would rest him if this was a team that was locked in to make the playoffs and they just wanted to keep him healthy till January. Matt Rule wants to make sure he has a job this time next year, and so as long as McCaffrey is healthy, he's going to get 25 to 30 touches a game, and there just aren't many guys out there who can do what he does when he gets those number of touches. I'm a little surprised I'm going off fantasy football calculator here. He's going number two, so you know, 2.4 overall is where he's at ADP. I'm surprised more people aren't scared off by two straight lost seasons. The only thing to say is, like, he didn't have a catastrophic injury uh, to a lower body. And he also, when he did play the last two years, he was still McCaffrey. Right. Yep. So you, you can imagine maybe maybe there's some regression. There's literally no historical here. precedent from in NFL history. Football outsiders did kind of a, a look at it. Someone that, that was that productive that early and then mm. missed two seasons like this, like, it's literally never happened, so it's a, it's tough to project. Well, Le'Veon Bell is like the type of guy where like, he was a superstar stud at running back. He was gone for a long time, and then he was just out of the league. On paper, their <laughs> offensive line looks way better. He's He had to do this behind some bad offensive lines they drafted Conroe. The, the thing with him, though, is not only does he give you RB1 numbers every week, he gives you wide receiver 1 numbers every week because he's the only running back that's going to get you like 10 catches for 100 yards and a receiving You're gonna touchdown. You're going to make me draft this guy, but, aren't you? Uh, if you don't, don't want to take him second don't, overall, don't. take Justin Jefferson. Take Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I like that. Or Cup. Eckler. Yeah. Or Chase. Eckler's the Eckler's other one. Yeah, go wide receiver. Yeah, go wide receiver. It's stressful. Pivot to Jefferson. <laughs> but if you're getting a, a point per reception, it's just like Half point. you're just you know you're gonna be happy with those guys. And like right. get, and I kinda like the running backs at the this, end of the This is one round. thing that uh, that um annoys me about fantasy football because it's just like everything just else with thing? the NFL. Well, it, no, <laughs> I'm not trying to have a softer approach to it, but you spend four months. Uh, it's mid-February, and everyone's drafting and drafting and drafting. You get 10 days into the regular season, and everyone's rosters are shattered. I mean, I think if you're a newer player, shouldn't there be more uh, off-season strategy and teaching of people? to how, What happens when everything goes off the train tracks, and it's like September 9th, and your roster's gone. <laughs> Chris McCaffrey being like, got to scour that wire. <laughs> well, just, I think, yeah. but that some people don't know how to scour the well, wire. It's like you have to be up at two in the morning doing it. No, I think I think that's fair. I think I, <laughs> that's how I did it when first I played. Off, it was like I'm going to beat these guys and get this guy. Yeah, first off, like you know, there's there's you know, the ge- degenerates like us who are drafting like right after the Super Bowl. And I will tell you this from past experience, having drafted like best ball teams like in February or March, I get to August. I'm like, what was I doing? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I think. I always tell people, you know, who who do a lot of drafts and do a lot of analysis, I always tell them Get in a draft with just casual fans. Get in a draft with oh, like yeah. with Some the chum. especially if you're like one of us that works for the NFL right. and then you just start throwing punches. You know, because it's it's fun. You know, when it's May and it's, it's 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 July and like we're talking about Isaiah Spiller or Isaiah Pacheco and like, hey man, Damian Pierce is gonna be something. But like, be in a draft with like your friends from high school who don't follow this, and suddenly like three quarterbacks are gone in the first round. <laughs> like that will teach you sort of how to deal with that chaos. And and yeah, I mean, I think part of our gig is to explain that to people like how do you how do you draft when things go sideways how do you how do you keep your roster afloat when you know suddenly the the running back you drafted in the second round you know suffers an unfortunate injury and is going to be gone for 8 weeks or more um you know that that's all part of the thing because you know you can't you can't win you don't win or lose your draft your your league on draft day it really is a progression of what happens in the season it's it's waiver wires it's making trades it's kind of staying up on that so like you know i feel like that's part of our responsibility is to kind of yeah. teach folks it's how to have a responsibility yeah, dan so are you is that how you yes, won Mark. the title twice <laughs> by doing but he is like i had an nfl um, employee taking out ham and eggers and like laundry <laughs> i can tell you there's a lot to it my last title i had alvin kamara playing on christmas day and scoring six touchdowns yeah that, that'll, that'll, do that'll do it um, for more fantasy 
fantasy analysis from Marcus Grant and Mike Florio. Listen to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and stream the NFL Fantasy Football Show on NFL.com, YouTube, the NFL app, and the NFL Fantasy app. Boys, you've said it all. We will be following you throughout the season and uh, keep banking up, bro. You know you can't stop, Mike. You're going to take it down to the wrist in time. I, if I'm allowed to here, I, that's my only thing for pause. But if they let me, I will gladly do it. <laughs> mm. like it. You have to shave your forearms to have the extensive work done. I don't, but okay. the artist does. They would. I would imagine. <laughs> All right. NFL Fantasy, guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. There they go. Thank you to Mike and Marcus. And the train keeps rolling on our next guest, you may know him as Rotopat. Friends, call Patty. We'll go <laughs> no, with the no formal idea. name, Patrick Doherty. Welcome back to Around the NFL, our friend. Yeah, I, you go with my Brazilian soccer moniker, my one, my one word name of Rotopat. Um, like you said, my friends just call me Pat. So we try to get it down to one syllable. And uh, so that's why I just call me Pat. How many friends do you have? <laughs> uh, you know, I've got several. Okay. Several. And several who live in this, the same town I live in. Even, oh, that's nice. Believe that. I'd so, like to call you a friend, nice. Roto Pat. I mean, we've barely ever met each other in real life, but we, we did work together. He, he laid some of those bricks, Dan, back that's in Greg's the day type of friendship. with Chris right. Wrestling. That's good. You, know, you were a bricklayer with Greg. Too, though, that's how you do it. You build it online. You cement it with one or two real-life meetings. Then you never meet in person again. <laughs> and then you text about tennis. <laughs> All right, so Rotopat, you are a man that we turn to for the purposes of this exercise. Uh, you know, we, we call it cranky take. Cranky takes with Rotopat. And I don't know if that's – does that set you up in the nicest light? I don't know. And you could – this is Greg's idea. So you can take it out with your close friend, Greg Rosenthal. Uh, but we want to see some things where you're bucking against conventional wisdom in the fantasy realm as people get ready to draft. Things that people are hot on and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the clocks. Let's figure this out and let's talk about it. Uh, Rotopat, what, give us some cranky takes, bro. First off, stop the clocks is an amazing phrase. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone else use it. Um, I stole it from the, the Oasis best of compilation. There you go. Now you found a way into my heart, friend. There you go. There you go. And first of all, that is how Greg basically described the segment. He's like, basically, it's come on and be cranky. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, this, I is, this is who you are. We like to flatten out people's personalities. We do not like nuance. We want you to be a cartoon character. We're a two-dimensional show. Right. And you are – you do have um, – some bite to your Twitter takes and you are kind of in the system, but you also buck against the system. So yeah, like what is, what is like a fantasy sort of conventional take right now? That's not flying, uh, flying past Rotopat. Well, no one has ever described me in such hip terms before. I really, <laughs> you are wearing a blazer, like the which fantasy is, James uh, Dean, which is also not a hip <laughs> term at this point. There you go. I'm the fancy James Dean just bucking up against the system. And Greg, I'm going to steal one from you because okay. I've been on like a whistle stop tour all summer, truthing Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a running back one. And some people listening to the show, I mean, I've literally, it's like my stump speech. Right? I've already said this. Like <laughs> I was in Topeka. I said it. I was in Council Bluffs. <laughs> I said it. I was in Waukegan, Illinois. I said it. So sorry if you've already heard me say this, but like, I feel like it's been memory hold that Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch, like literally three or four weeks before he was Lombardi Lenny. <laughs> Like, he totally just backed into the job and then, you know, did a decent job with it. I guess I can't deny that. But, you know, he's been living off these receptions in fantasy. And 
he's just not a good pass catcher. He's not an efficient pass catcher at all. It's just like the definition of empty volume. And he's not the most efficient runner. He's a little more efficient than you would maybe assume. Just like looking at his raw counting stats, but he's not terribly explosive after first contact anymore. And when you look at the Bucks breaking in three new starters along their interior line. Oh yeah. Good again, point. he, he kind of like bumbled into this job and, but the Bucks see the same things I see where they've taken another day two shot on a pass catching back and Rashad white. And I think people sometimes just kind of assume that since Keyshawn Vaughn didn't work out, like the rookie has no chance to just work out in the Tom Brady led offense, but it's been like a pretty solid summer for Rashad white. His, his I think AD, the Bucks are, I was going to say his ADP is in the second round. You would, I mean, you'd kill me before I would take Leonard Fournette in the second round of a draft in 2022. <laughs> is that because they're ship Lenny? Is that because the running back and like in you know scene in general falls off a cliff after a certain number of them? It does, it does, and but he, and he's got like the two like magic things in fantasy where he has goal line carries and receptions, but he doesn't score as many touchdowns as you would expect. I think partly because Tom Brady is so wildly efficient in the red zone, and I just don't believe in those receptions remaining there. You know, not to mention all the other stuff where he's starting to have durability woes. He's having some conditioning woes. I mean, not to pass judgment. I have quite literally eaten cake four days in a row. It was my birthday last week. Different career. But, yeah. uh, there's like the red flags are piling up for Leonard Fournette, a guy who I just feel like he's been living on borrowed time. And like the sharpest drafters out there, are like the best ball drafters, the people who draft on like underdog. And they've got him. They seriously got him as an RB1. And I just, for the life of me, cannot figure it out. It feels like hitting on like 17, you know, it's just like taking – it's like the classic, you know, like when a team right. signs a free agent and they get like 10 sacks and like – and instead of just letting them go and trying to find the next version of that player, the team re-signs them to like a three-year, $36 million deal. Like Shaq Barrett. immediately go back to being a bust. Yes, exa- that's right. exactly what I feel like is happening with Leonard Fournette. I think to extend your blackjack analogy, like in blackjack, if the old lady at the end of the table, Mildred, hits on 17, you get up off the table and you walk – but when you're, if you're in a fantasy league with someone taking Leonard Fournette in the first round, oh, get comfortable, buddy, because it's good to have chum in your league. <laughs> right, Wes and yeah, I would settling in. Wes and oh. I would talk about this one of like, there, there's, there almost seems to be a hesitance in fantasy now because it's very analytical and that you know people are making a lot of money and it, there's a hesitance to ever even evaluate if they're good at football or not, like because that has been proven over time to be very difficult mm. to do. Uh, but I think you can look at a guy like Fournette or some of these other running backs. I keep hitting this at that point, like like a James Conner and Akers, or I would even throw a Javante Williams in there. Like Leonard Fournette hasn't been that effective for the team that hired him to be effective in the vast majority of seasons in which he played football. So that's data too. Like I think you can make the the assessment that that big of an up and down player is such a risk at that point in the draft when you've got basically money receivers and money quarterbacks or other positions that you can take who else yeah, you- I mean, in, investing in situation over the player is right. sometimes a necessary evil but it's just like i think with leonard fournette there are enough red flags at this point where i just like don't believe in the situation strongly enough to overlook the fact that like you said he's just never been a good nfl player. He's, he's never been horrible but at, at best he's a league average player. all right so who else are you cranky you about don't bet on those guys who else are you cranky about, Roto? Well, you mentioned James Conner, and he's really in, like, the exact same boat as Leonard Fournette, and he's going in, like, the exact same ADP range. And it's just, again, something I'm just surprised to see from, like, the sharp drafting community. Hmm. 
Because they get it seems like running it back with last year's bargain. I mean, James Conner was like quite literally like a league winner for a lot of people last year because there were zero expectations for him. There was so much Chase Edmonds hype, but he was so, 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 so touchdown reliant. 15 touchdowns. He's someone who's appeared in more than 14 games one time in his career, and that was last year with 15. Like, he is, like, the definition of a league average runner. He's in a little more all over the map as a pass catcher, where he's had some pretty effective pass catching seasons. But he's another guy where, like, even if he stays healthy, like, I think the ceiling is probably, like, 10 to 11 touchdowns. He's going to be someone you wish you had taken in the fourth or fifth round, but to get him, you have to take him in the second or third round. And it's just the class. I'm not, instead of taking James Conner, I'm just trying to find who this year's James Conner is. Who, do you, who are some guys that you're almost cranky that like people aren't giving them enough love? Like, why don't they, why don't they see what Roto Pat sees? Uh, Tyler Lockett, who is <laughs> okay. a guy I usually don't want to draft because he's kind of got like the nonsensical narrative. Like Tyler Lockett's like almost a player where you have to believe in superstition because, like, every year he has the numbers no matter what, but it always seems like he only does it in four games. He's always very, very super frustrating. <laughs> he's also, like, roster. a licensed realtor. That's yeah, a problem. That's a red flag. He, he, no, he's a polymath. Um, he's like, it's a straight line from Thomas Jefferson to Tyler Lockett. He's a man of many arts and principles. But he's going as, quite literally, the wide receiver 48, an underdog. Wow. He's the wi- yeah, he's going as the wide receiver 36 on ESPN. Gino is freaking everyone out. Isn't, that, yeah, isn't it, that a Gino-Drew lock effect a little bit I, going on there? It is, but also, like, there's, there is a baseline to any op- – people are drafting the Seahawks wide receivers as if they're going to attempt 15 to 20 passes a game. And, like, that might be, like, Pete Carroll's, like, wildest dream – like they're still going to attempt 25, 30 to passes per game. Like every NFL team essentially has to, and it's an extremely narrow target tree. Both Tyler Ooh, Lockett and DK good fantasy have, term there, like that. narrow yes, target exactly. tree. Exactly. They're, are going to command massive target shares. Like Tyler Lockett, you know, he might not be top 24, but like he's gonna. I, I, Tyler Lockett's probably gonna have another. I like that. Season. He's very post. Like those are great players to take that have here, established as great players that for some reason have no. Yeah, buzz here are the our- five wide receivers that are going just ahead of Tyler Lockett in drafts right now. Alan Lazard, totally unproven mm-hmm. with Aaron Rodgers. New New Hopkins, who's not even playing football until the end of October. Robert Woods coming off an ACL on a new team. Christian Kirk, again a projection on a new team. Uh, in Jacksonville, that was a wipeout last year. Kadarius Tony with the Giants. Need I say more? And then I like Tyler Tony. Lockett. All right, I like him too, but it's like he's right. Daniel Jones is a quarterback, and that's that's a big projection. Lockett, yes, I understand. Russell Wilson is gone. I'm with you. I hear you on that. Give us another one. Get cranky. Well, you mentioned some of the guys. <laughs> I what first? DeAndre Hopkins. Like we talked about injury optimism and fantasy. Like uh, you know, I know this guy's not going to play for a while, but I'm going to stash him. And when I make the playoffs, it's going to be like a total life back. And so, sorry, it's not injury optimism. Of course, it's suspension optimism with DeAndre Hopkins. And sure, in theory, he could be like like a second wide receiver one or two for you in the playoffs. But in order for that to happen, you have to make the playoffs. And Mm. you are severely hurting your odds of making the playoffs if you're carrying a dead roster spot for literally 50% of the fantasy season. He's suspended for six games. Then they have their bye in week 13. So you know, by definition, DeAndre Hopkins will not be playing for at least 50%. So cranky. The fantasy season. I'm very cranky. So I shouldn't stash like Antonio Brown for that November signing that happens every season. (laughs) No, I mean, maybe even a dynasty league. Then, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, that's just like free 
you, the roster, it doesn't matter. You just roster anyone in the If dynasty. you're watching us on YouTube, you can see Rotopat's got a nice bookshelf behind him wearing a nice blazer, classing up. But there seems to be a bust of like a an historical figure. I'm just curious. That's Mark who, Twain. Isn't who it? is that? Who is the, That's the, your Abe boss? Lincoln. This is Mr. <laughs> or, this is Mr. Marcus Twain. Okay. Mark Twain. <laughs> Missouri right. great. Hannibal Are you trying Lincoln, to, Mark Twain. I mean, it's, you're trying to make it clear to us that you're very literary uh, with the background, which yeah. I, I don't disapprove of. I, I, That's I, a Missouri I, thing. Yeah. So okay. I, I've read a book. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, don't get me wrong. I've read a book. And if I opened, you know, I would be able to, if I open any one of these books to any one page, I'd probably know at least five to ten of the words. Do you have any cranky <laughs> takes? Because we haven't talked about tight ends yet and kind oh, of a funky talk. positional group in fantasy right now. Do you have any cranky takes at the tight end position? Well, I have a cranky take about someone who's essentially a tight end, Al Lazard. Am I right, folks? <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> not, a, not really a receiver. He's a six-foot-five, very, very, very slow. Uh, okay, but So, Al Lazard, I will just say really quick on Al Lazard. Like, sure. Aaron Rodgers says he's the number one receiver. Aaron Rodgers also says a lot of things. Uh, I, Alan Lazard just seems like a player without a second gear. I just do not see it happening. A, a tight end. What's I your strategy have... at tight end? It seems like a strange time in, in the uh, fantasy tight end world Get right cranky. now. It is. The top six or seven, there's like a huge drop off after like the Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard zone. And Schultz is like the tight end six. And that's frankly kind of like the cutoff of like safely projectable targets and production. Like even Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, it gets a little shaky because we don't quite understand the nature of the Eagles offense. TJ Hawkinson has like really robust target competition for the first time in his career. Mm. And then where I kind of get cranky is Dawson Knox, where mm -hmm. I feel, I feel bad because I like big play players and he's an explosive play threat, but I think it was nine touchdowns and like 73 targets Last year, that's just totally unsustainable, mm. like classic textbook touchdown regression waiting to happen. And the way you offset touchdown regression is by increasing your targets. But I just don't see how he can increase targets with like the rise of Gabriel Davis. Then I mean, like improving their slot situation by swapping out Cole Beasley for Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder. And I, it just seems like going to be like a classic touchdown regression season for Dawson. Now, it, now, this could be he might just be like truly best friends with Josh Allen, which actually is the buzz. And maybe he'll be the preferred mm. guy in the red zone. That's our friend Adam Leviton's shower narrative. Oh, like yeah. if, exactly. if they're, if they're exactly. friends, if they're exactly. taking the showers together in the locker room, then then uh, that could mean a lot of things. Right. That, that yeah. is a narrative. Many, yeah. many, many, many. Are you are you buying into the Kyle Pitts becomes God this year? Yes, I, I am. But also Marcus Mariota, what was like his defining characteristic as a passer and cannot make anyone godlike under any circumstances. Like this, he's not a guy that would like put you in position to make big plays like he did not attempt dangerous throws was like that Monday night football game was a perfect example. Kyle Pitts destroys the Jets cornerback on the outside playing wide out and picks up a 40 yard gain from Mariota, but it would have been a 70 yard touchdown. If, if someone else was throwing that in stride when I'm seeing Kyle Pitts as the 40th overall player, but they're suggesting that Antonio Gibson who uh, has been operating with the third team and returning kicks is the 31st. Mark's, so like, Mark's I, like, I'm the only one that could be cranky on this show. Shut down well, Roto. No, I, I just, I'm backing your point. I mean, you're telling you to you. take, they're telling you to take J.K. Dobbins over George Kittle. So, yeah, this whole, like, that, we've been talking about how that round <laughs> looks weird too. for running backs. No, <laughs> you're right. Out of here. That, that round, that area is weird. So I'm going to, I'm going to stand on a table here. I'm going to have a cranky take. All right, go Ooh. ahead. I mean, Pitts and Kittle, if you could get a guy like Kittle, who is going in the first round, 
like a year ago or two years ago sure. and is still in the middle of his prime and is going in the fourth round, take that guy. Now is the time. Like That is an area where I don't like the players being taken that much. The running backs and even some of the receivers definitely. Pitts, Kittle, fourth well, round. Greg, Do it. It's time. There's a fantasy Both truism. of those guys. Greg hijacking your segment. <laughs> there's a fantasy truism about tight ends is that the the, the – the kiss of death in fantasy is you do not want a tight end to be a good blocker. You just Mm-mm. do not want a tight end. You want them to be horrible. You want them to be like Mike Jacecki out there, like feigning a block mm-hmm. and then just like running around his guy and like catching a 12 yard pass. George Kittle is just too good at blocking. And, you know, he gets him hurt a lot too. He's like such a ferocious blocker. Like the Kittle negative case. He was 71 serious, for 910 last nine, year. You know, the last serious year. Negative Kittle case. Is like how much is this offense really going to pass as we like transition to the trailer? But I, I've been driving. Oh man, I, and it's like I how many? I couldn't disagree like more. I love guys who him. have two hundred yard games every season, and George Kittle does. That. He does that, but to the durability point, that's the thing. Is like, is he going to miss two games or is he going to miss eight games? And you know, it's a only one team fourteen game being season. The worst blocker. Only George one. Kittle, only one time did he blocker. miss significant games. So it like does feel hurt. like he's always hurt. All right. But at those two guys, but Streisand effect. Pitts especially. I was getting flashbacks because we were in London for the the Pitts Falcons the Jets game, game. Yep. and then it was on Monday Night Football. I, I feel He's like a great young player. I feel Will like you guys Pitts, take Pitts me to London it. with you one of these years. By the way, just come. I mean, we won't love to. pay for you, but if you I come, will, we will. We'll take showers you, with you. If we you will bring this. You, if you bring this cranky energy, you're, right. you're gonna, y'all will be <laughs> sitting next to me. On we the plane. will have you as an unpaid guest on our live show, <laughs> but we will have uh, free beers from all the listeners who are there. So they, they, pay to for ensure you. I'll be cranky, I'll stow away in the wheel well of your chartered jet, and so I'll be very, very cranky when I get there. Pat Darty, how about a plug before we say goodbye? I mean, just everything. Keep it locked to NBC Sports Edge, Rota World. It's the final weekend of the preseason, which doesn't mean what it used to. I mean, uh, most of these guys. But the word, the playing. name Rota World is back. I'm actually on a show with you, Roto Pat, where they drafted alumni or mock draft. People should check that out. We were actually asking you to plug us, but that's okay. Whatever it is, you're <laughs> I'm on, saying that's too, on, that's that's on well. Peacock or, so, or that's I mean, on NBC. Let's not bury the lead. Peacock Roto World is YouTube. back. Yeah. Roto World is back. NBC yeah, Sports I'm not Edge. here to talk about yeah. the past, but yeah. Roto World is back. Matthew Barry said he was integral in bringing it back. He like That was part of his negotiation. That was what, my theory. You were right. You were right. To the, right. What Good. happened to the marketing executive that came up with the NBC Sports Edge? Is that, that person's operating in a different industry at this point, I'd imagine. Um, Mark, I'm not here to talk about the yeah, past. Yeah, uh, there are no reverse uh, gears in the tank <laughs> of Roto Path. Thank you, our friend, and we will catch up to you down the road. I hope we'll see you. There he goes, Patrick Doherty. That was good. We Always did him dirty pleasure. last time because we had all these technical tech problems. Diffs. So it was nice yeah, to tech have. Diffs. <laughs> it's nice to just have it nice and clean, nice and smooth, clean right. like your uh, your face these days. Dan. You're shaving. You're shaving daily. You're not just shaving, but it's every daily. By daily. Okay. Well, I, today I, was one of those days. I am not a hairy guy, so I don't have to shave every day. Above your lip, though, there is you can notice some hair growing in slowly. I'm not saying it's whiskers, but it, you could tell where it would be growing. Right. That's kind of like the old man thing. When you start to get older, all of a sudden you shave, and it's still like right under there. Like, yeah, it's problematic. running out. Yeah, stay in house. Stay in your house. All right. We have three guests down, four guests down, one very special fish to go after the break. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. Where's that song been all show? You know, that, of course, is the theme song for our next guest. Co-founder of Establish the Run, brick by brick by brick layer over at Roto World Once Upon a Time, and now making yet another appearance on the Fantasy Extravaganza. Evan Silva, what's up, Big yeah, Fish? A, uh, a, a lot. I mean, this is the, <laughs> the, the the my busiest time of year, and it's also the second podcast in the same day that I've done with Greg Rosenthal. So, get, definitely getting my. My full, yeah. My, my full of Greg Rosenthal today. For yeah, sure. welcome to our it's world. Yeah, yep. It's a lot. That was, yeah. That was the the aforementioned alumni uh, draft. People should check out over at over at Roto World when you where you did the damn thing, Evan, and then you left them mm-hmm. uh, high and dry, and now you're really out competing them. I think in the marketplace, establish the run is Calm getting down, it Greg. done. We just had RotoPad on from that company. <laughs> just saying, they're Everyone's, getting it done. Hey, listen, there's a lot of pie, and everybody's taking a slice and and eating up. How about that? Does that be a winner and a loser at all times, Greg? Always. The big fish is gobbling it all up. <laughs> fish, listen, it's so great to have you on again. We hold you, as you know, in such high esteem. Um, so th- and there's a reason why you're batting clean up here with our guests because I think it's time to get to where Evan Silva, a man that that obviously thrives in this world for a living. We want to get your insight as we enter the 2022 season. I think a good place to start um, is at wide receiver here. There mm-hmm. are a couple players to you that are jumping off the paper for you, good and bad. Let's start with a player that everyone absolutely loves. He's heading to Canton based on his Green Bay trajectory, but he ain't in Green Bay anymore. Let's talk to Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, this is a player that I'm down on relative to ADP 
this year, average draft position uh, for the rookies out there. Um, Devonta Adams consistently goes in the top eight, top 10 of fantasy drafts. And I think that people just kind of assuming that he's going to be able to roll over his production that he got with Aaron Rodgers. He's downgrading quarterbacks from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. He is, he just got paid uh, one of the biggest contracts in, in NFL history for a wide receiver. He's about to turn 30. And if you look at the target competition that Devonta Adams is going to have to deal with, with the Raiders, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro in particular, he never had to deal with that much target competition when he was in green Bay. And that's part of what led to his greatness. I mean, consistently averaging 10, 12 targets per game. And I think that his targets per game are going to come down a little bit. His efficiency, his efficiency per target is going to come down a little bit with the Raiders. I think, I still think he's going to have a good season. I mean, I have him as, as the number 17 overall player right now, but that is well below his ADP because he consistently goes in the top 10. I want to just take a moment here, uh, Evan. Um, on the screen behind us, I'm assuming you can see it. Can we put up what this graphic, please? The 55th. Bear Fantas- with us for a second. Fantasy this is important. extravaganza. Mark rarely goes into the, you know, having a setup like this. Yeah, I'm ex- excited he, to see I what happens. Give him a heads All up right, behind so, the uh, Look at that. I mean, this is um, – if you, I know, I, one of the best Twitter accounts um, on on Twitter is yours, and you, it's it is just um, chock full of football information. But I noticed at some stage that the uh, the profile pic changed to this, and uh, I would like to just ask you about the approach. Um, I see some real sort of zaddy energy uh, vibing off of this. There's some McCarthy what, energy. Sure. What is it, your yeah. what, what what was your strategy here? Uh, it just was a funny picture that would say that's in Cape Cod. That's right in Provincetown, right on the strip uh, in Provincetown. I was hanging out with Pat Thorman, fellow ETR writer, um, formerly of uh, uh, Pro Football Focus. And we were on the back of a rickshaw, OK, uh, riding through the, the center of, of Provincetown. And I don't know, someone took that picture and I was just like and then, and then someone put it on Twitter and then I was just like, screw it. I'll just make it my, uh, my, my profile. There's big pick. zaddy I mean, energy. It's kind of funny. There is. To it, no doubt. And just to, uh, to prove that I'm on the show for one, for a reason beyond this kind of nonsense, uh, you <laughs> talked about Devontae Adams as someone that you're down on com- in compared yeah. to others. Mm. Is there a wideout out there that you could suggest to drafters? Maybe this guy is not being looked at the way he should be. He's better than we think. And, and people are going to hate this. Great question. And people are going to absolutely hate this. But, you know, I don't care. I wanted to come strong. You know, I wanted to – Kind of, kind of dog down on on a big time producer and, and, and prop up a guy that disappoints everyone every year, and that's Sammy Watkins. Woo-hoo, because right. Sammy Watkins is actually younger. You're not than doing Devontae this. Adams. You're doing it, Fish. I, I am doing it. Oh my god! But, but you can get him. You can get him in the last round of your draft almost every time because no one wants to take him. I mean, I draft him in the 18th round every time. Um, he has already earned a starting job in Green Bay. If you look at the receivers that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a teammate elevator. Now, you, everybody remembers the year that James Jones, everybody thought that James Jones was washed, and he came in and scored a bunch of touchdowns. I think Sammy Watkins can be that guy this year. People want to make Alan Lazard to be that guy, and, and he probably is higher probability to be that guy, but you have to draft him in the sixth round. With Sammy Watkins, you could take him the 18th round. You know, I and, and, and I think he's going to have a number of good weeks. He'll probably get hurt at some point. I mean, he's already been hurt uh, early in training camp. He had a hamstring. 
Um, but, but for a guy that you can get that late, who's going to be a starter with Aaron Rodgers in three receiver sets, I, I think that that's the kind of guy that you want to pull the trigger on late in your draft. Mm, I, I love like that. that. I, uh, Saucy. Okay. Cause he, cause it's uh, to me, he seems like a guy who will spike up five weeks and be absolutely worth right. starting in fantasy leagues. And that's one thing I like about you, Silva, you, you swing for the fences. You, you were crushing these people in, uh, in this draft that I was watching. I just liked what he did <laughs> in each round. It was just like, he was wiping the floor with them. Very nice. Get, who are some late round? We haven't talked kind of like deep running backs. I I've been honking yeah. a lot about guys who are overvalued, but if, if you're going to avoid those types of guys, who are some running backs in the round seven maybe onward that, that you like? I think the guy that pops out to me most right now is Damian Pierce because Ooh, like it's that. so rare that you see a fourth-round player sat in the second preseason game treated like a starter. And that's what we're seeing right now from Damian Pierce. The Texans absolutely love him. Actually, Aaron Wilson, you know, who's, who covers the Texans, actually was DMing me. Uh, uh, yesterday about how much the, the Texans love him, how, how much he believes in him uh, as a player. And his competition in Houston right now is Rex Burkhead, who, look, we, we all love Rex Burkhead, right? But he's like 33 years old. You you point. you love him more than most. We, we used to have some. <laughs> okay, that's like, true. We, Rex Burkhead and your love for him has been around so long that I think we like debated about it seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But now he's 33 years old. He is still playing on passing downs, but he's like a designated pass protector. He's not a guy they're trying to feed the ball to. And Marlon Mack is one of these Achilles victims. No running back has ever successfully come back Mm. from uh, an Achilles tear, at least not within the first uh, couple years of that recovery uh, time period. That's an absolute killer at the running back position. So, And Damian Pierce has looked so good. In the first preseason game, he was – outstanding Josh Norris has really beaten he was beating the drum for Damian Pierce even before all of this uh, even before the draft talking about him as a sleeper was heavily underutilized at Florida uh, by Dan Mullen is really good in the passing game the cuts the vision that he has shown so far I mean he's just in a, a really impressive talent and I think the Texans got a steal and I, I mean, I, I think this guy could win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Like, I, I think he's legit, Ooh, really good. And that's as run-heavy a team as there is in the league, even last sure. year when they were terrible offensively. And I'm glad he keeps coming up because he's always on our mind. And you think fantasy, you think Wes. Um, and Wes used to say a lot, like, this this evaluation period through the summer into preseason, mm-hmm. look out for the young running backs, the guys that maybe yes. aren't at the top of a draft board but are flashing and showing themselves to be explosive because they can hit the ground running. Now, I want to say – I want to tee this up. Last year on the Fantasy Extravaganza, Big Fish, um, you were very bold about fading another big animal. Let's listen in. Derrick Henry has averaged 106 total one yard, uh, 106 total yards and over one touchdown per game and wins only 50 yards and 0.3 TDs in losses. You're not going to get – he hasn't had a, a 20-catch season in college or the pros. That's almost a decade worth of sample size. So I think that this is going to be the year that we see the big dog fall. Mm. And indeed, the big dog did fall. It was Nailed injuries – and, uh, you know, you could say workload that contributed or just bad luck. Whatever it was, the the big dog, Derrick Henry, after a, after a monster few seasons winning fantasy leagues, did fall off. Are you out 
on the big dog forever, or are you now on the big dog train after a relatively down year? And, uh, you know, on the plus side, yes, lower body injuries, but a lessened workload yeah. significantly entering 2022. Yeah, I mean, he's just – he's really a major injury risk because we know how the Titans are going to use him. He's going to – but, you know, that also gives him a ton of upside. We actually just talked about him on the, uh, the Roto World show – uh, with Matthew Bear, we, we had the same exact conversation. And it's like you can build a really good bull case for him and you can build a really good bear case against him. It's just, are you willing to take the risk uh, on Derrick Henry? I think the Titans are going to be much worse than they were last year. You heard those statistics on him in, in wins versus in losses. He's not going to catch a ton of passes. Um, so he's he's just, I think he's a classic boomer bust player. And so therefore it's a personal preference deal as to whether you want to invest in a player like that. A question for you, because the other thing you can track, I think, during this preseason time in these games, offensive line play, which is, I think, mm. obviously about as core and critical as it gets for any offensive unit. And I look at a team like the Steelers. There's quite a spicy group mm. of skill position players, and it starts with like mm-hmm. you know, their wideouts, Najee Harris, I mean, George Pickens. I, when you're watching Mitch Trubisky, and it could be Kenny Pickens play, Pickett playing quarterback, and they're running for their life, does it for you? Does it affect um, in a in a major way or in any way ha- where you would put their skill position players? Do you downgrade them because of that? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, we have, I think, the best offensive line analyst uh, in in media uh, working for us, and Brandon Thorne, and he does his offensive line rankings, and he has the Steelers very near to the bottom. Um, it, it's a big concern. Uh, I think when Najee Harris, he can kind of overcome that because he projects for so much volume that sometimes it doesn't matter. But I mean, the complexion of the offense, how many points are they going to score? You know, what is Najee Harris touchdown upside? Um, you know, so it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely something that, that we factor in. It's also, you know, and it goes the other way, too, like with Philadelphia. It makes me want to like Miles Sanders more because we we have uh, the Eagles as like the number one offensive line in the league. It makes me want to like Miles Sanders more than his ADP. No one wants to draft Miles Sanders. He falls the eighth, ninth round all the time. Hmm. And if they were to get Kareem Hunt, which has been heavily rumored, I mean, that would be a fantastic fit in Philadelphia. Kareem Hunt behind that O-line. I mean, they, they have a punishing offensive line. Right. I like I, – I think you look at this time of year and – we, you mentioned Pierce is a guy that flashed. Brian Robinson is another. I'm just going to throw out some mm-hmm. late, later round picks. Yep. Brian Robinson is one that seems like he's still going late. Ramondre Stevenson, I'm surprised actually yep. doesn't have more buzz because he's a Patriots runner who you mentioned playing all three downs. He's, he's a power goal line back that can play third downs, and I think that's yep. been overlooked. Ken Walker, who's who's going to get dinged because he's not going to be ready for weeks one or two. Who knows if he even misses a month, but it, he might be a guy worth stashing James Cook. I'm just throwing a bunch of names out. Tell me who you like or you, you don't like out of out of that group. Daryl Henderson I'll throw in there too. As yeah, kind of no, no, no. I like pretty much all those guys except for Kenneth Walker, and that's because I think that he's going to get a, a, a very much a late start behind Rashad Penny. Do you remember how good Rashad Penny was right. down the stretch mm-hmm. last year? I mean, over the over the final five games. He we were there. Over. We were there in person, uh, Big Fish, okay. the three of us, for the Tuesday afternoon spectacular. You might not remember it. Like, NFL fans might not remember it, but a 20-10 yeah. to 10 classic where the Seahawks went down, but Penny had a monster game. I think about it all the yeah. time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, Rashad Penny was like the, the best running back in the NFL for the final couple months of last year. Like, and they want to run the ball in Seattle. Um, so I'm going the other way on Kenneth Walker, okay. and I'm pivoting to Rashad Penny. I like so, that. Uh, Penny things popped up on this show as well because he was so dominant for that small stretch. But, I mean, he was an afterthought in, in the league and in Seattle's backfield for so long. We just couldn't stay healthy. We're banking on couldn't now stay him healthy. put it together for a full year. But where's year. he That's getting drafted? I mean, he's not getting drafted until like the 30th right. running right. back. It and, all depends where right. you're taking And him. this is sort of where yeah, I think we're all in the same boat fantasy-wise of take Take big swings. That's what we said that before with sure. Wes. Like that's a guy who, to me, showed Derrick Henry like ability, but you can take him late in the draft. And if he gets hurt, you know you'll live. You'll live. Hey, guy was a first round pick in the NFL. I mean, and you go back and look at his speed score. His, uh, you know, is is which is like the the combination of the the size and the weight plus the the speed. I mean, he was a, a speed score freak uh, according to Football Outsiders coming out of college. Just he could not stay healthy his first few years in the NFL. Um, I, he's going to get the ball a ton to open the season. Do you, uh, when you're out on the town, I mean, you're, you're, you're all over the place. Um, t- everyone plays fantasy, moms, dads, kids, uh, nieces, nephews. Do you get recognized at like nightclubs and, and eateries and cafes? <laughs> no, man. No, no. It's no. I, one, one time at the Bulls game when I was with uh, my daughter, at a Bulls game, some guy like pulled right. me aside, and my daughter thought it was like the coolest what, thing. What was a guy? Was, that matters. I was like all wow. embarrassed. Yeah. How's, how's yeah, the motor guy, though? <laughs> you're like you're what 16, 17 years into the game now, eighteen yeah. something, something like that. Like that. Jeez. Um, yeah. And you, famous motor, you know, big time talent, famous motor. That's how you become like a, a fantasy <laughs> Hall of Famer, it, you know. Are you like in the Tom Brady phase, though, where you need to like go hang out with the daughter for a couple weeks and, and make, you know, it feels like a lot. Go though, on the, the Masked weight. Singer. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Like, how's the motor? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, the motor is still pretty strong. It's not what it was, you know, in the in the very, very early days. I mean, I wouldn't I want it to I mean, be. That Greg, was unhealthy. It was unhealthy. Greg, I, I would wake up at 7 a.m. He was it was insane. go get some coffee and work until I went to bed every single day. Like it, I every remember. Day. And I, I just want to say you're on your purpose. I just want to remember. Say, and at one point you were you were you were questioning questioning whether we should even um, keep Adam Levitan in the football space. Oh, God, do not space. say that. Why, and, is, why um, does Greg need to do and this And now he's your thing. partner. I don't and know. Who, he's creating who, division. And who he's talked you into, like, no, we got to keep Levitan going. He's and now all day Le- long with that. <laughs> Greg's instincts always impeccable. Uh, how about this? You got to say to Silva, class act. Uh, to even talk to Greg after their feud over Sam Darnold last year. Right. So, I don't know if you guys want as uh, do we have something here? Great. I don't want one this. more clip. I, I'm going to go like with, with some deeper sleepers here and yeah, I'm going to start that. off with a guy who's, you know, has been near and dear to your heart, Dan, uh, <laughs> may, maybe no longer, but he's a guy by the name of Sam Darnold. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. And so we, we know that the <laughs> post, <laughs> well, that's what most people are going to say. So, you know, I know Did you hear that puke noise. That was Greg. Yeah. That was Greg. That's, that that has stuck with me. It's not personal. That has stuck with me. Now, I, I get a lot of heat from listeners for, you know, being loyal on some level to Darnold's ability. But I guess I have to go. Uh, and I don't know if you're with me. Just take the L on Sam at this point. Well, if you go back and play the full clip, um, <laughs> I explained that he was a good early season uh, ah. like, uh, a bridge to like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. That's where I really got that analysis wrong. I mean, those guys were never factors, you know. 
Uh, but Sam Darnold actually was good early in the fantasy Silva season. Silva say he's taking the W on Greg. I like it. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a collapsing bridge. Like every all the cars right. just fell into the water <laughs> and, and they died. Um, and, and really, the only reason that he was good in fantasy is because he was getting rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that was weird. That was, was weird. Yeah. That was a weeks. funky three weeks in the NFL universe or four weeks. Uh, Evan, thank you so much. And again, you have your own theme song. That it was curated specifically for you. It's it called you. Fatal Fantasy from the Rights Free Library. So that just shows the respect we have for you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye to Evan Thanks, Silva. Evan. The big Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Big Fish. Establish the run. Adios. You're the best. Check out that website. It's elite, just like Silva. His matchups column during the uh, season. Incredible read. You gotta you gotta pay for it now, and it's worth paying for. Turn it up in my headphones. So that's like a an epic column. Oh, I like this. Can't you like picture Sessler in like a West Hollywood club tonight, sweating heavily, With, dancing? He doesn't even have to off. change. Like usually, you'd have to change out of your work clothes, but he's ready. <laughs> he's there. Mark, your new shirt today. I, I I've waited a long time, and now it's the end of the show. Unbelievable, uh, bringing in. This beautiful. It's just a new shirt. Oh, and you didn't even roll up the sleeves, dad style. You got your. I think it's because you're showing respect for the extravaganza. I wanted. To, I wanted to let you know because I think you were questioning my. Um, did I question it, on, Greg? On, on the last show, there seemed to be some question whether oh, or not because I did my yes. hand motion thing, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to show you that I did care about this episode very much. Well, you no, you work. are like you're. You're a multi-talented guy. You can do fantasy. You can do reality. Uh -huh. You can do football. You can do basketball. I can do basketball <laughs> if needed. I mean, I don't. I think you'd have to go pretty deep down the roster for for that need. You've done it. You've proven yourself. Oh, here we go. Whoops. <laughs> Let's go again, Graver. You can do football. You can do basketball. <laughs> All right. Football is completely I'm different than basketball. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I support you, Mark. Um, Thank you. I um, I love you also. I I sometimes don't wear like new clothing to to wear on the show just because I don't just don't want to deal with Dan's comments. Uh, yeah, you're gonna go through the yeah. like the verbal so, car wash. On I some feel level. like you guys are so self conscious about your clothing. It's weird. Like We're I not, don't even. Though. Like, I don't say anything negative or critical. I'm not conscious I just of it point all out until that it's you new. talk Wait about it. Wait a minute. Back the truck up just a, just a few feet. All I say is, like, oh, new shirt. No, and no, then no, at the like, waterfall of self doubt. And I'm like, what did I do? No, actually, like, I wasn't even thinking about it. But you came in and it wasn't just, hey, nice new shirt. It was like, you stood there for right. four or five minutes purring at me. Okay. Well, that's Again. not what your narrative or your description is not accurate. I said, whoa, Mark. I liked that, and I was not upset with your reaction, but then it was like, uh, I think that sometimes you, to the listener, try to aim your, suggest that your intentions are one thing, and mm, when you're in the room, you true. can feel that Own it might it. be tilted a little I, bit differently. You know what? If you guys are no, not don't, wearing you, don't new you guys shirts, us. Don't you guys us. because you don't want me to notice and comment positively <laughs> on your new shirts, like, that's a weird thing. That's on you guys. That's a YP. That is... I mean, we get how this show works. Uh, there's, I mean, there's no point in arguing it. It just adds minutes to the runtime. You know, you two <laughs> are unbelievably annoying to hang out with most of the time. <laughs> Why did the, the quality of the mark drops just go through the roof lately? We got some bangers. I don't know. Um, all right. Before we say goodbye, I think one of the traditions of the show that we've done in past years had been 
sharing a bit of um, fantasy advice uh, before you go into your drafts. You don't need to hear anything more from us. But we did ask uh, Gravedigger and, and the gang to um, go through the archives and share a little Chris Wessling fantasy advice, and I think uh, it will enrich all of us. Let's hear it. You absolutely do not have to be unemotional in fantasy football. This is a hobby meant to be enjoyed. Right. <laughs> so be emotional. Right. Draft you your guy. That's true. That I That's love right. that. I love that. It, don't worry about the ADP. If you want to, and Wes talked about this a lot, if you want to root for a player on Sundays, go get him. It will make it even more enriching, especially if the guy you believe in and like. Well, definitely don't pick players that you don't like or that you totally right. distaste because – it's a con- it's conflicting energy. And, I mean, I get that some people are in this to make a lot of money and you want to be as logical and strategic as possible. But there's a big chunk of people that just would like to have fun and it helps a lot of people learn about football and, like, pick the players yeah. you enjoy. Right. Don't take the – don't worry about the average draft position because here's the thing. If you just pick the players that you do like or even, you know, sometimes from your team or the one – that probably has – Almost exactly the same accuracy rate as if you just pick the conventional wisdom stuff. It's mm-hmm. you know the the biggest thing here is chance. And yes, over time you can gain certain strategic advantages. But in a one given league and one given season, it's mostly going to come down to luck. And you know, luck is a thing. But we are fifty-seven for fifty-seven in these fantasy extravaganzas. <laughs> We've knocked it out of the park. Thank you to all of our guests today uh, who did such great work. Hit, hit me with the music as we uh, say goodbye here. Big Fish, Evan Silva, Mike Florio, Marcus Grant, Matt Harmon, Roto Pat, Patrick Doherty, all awesome guests. Best of luck to all of you in your fantasy drafts. Kill it, have fun, be merry, and don't drink. Drink after the draft, not before. Till Thursday, heed the call. And now an update on free agent ticket sales rep, Rhonda Fontaine. Our last look at this individual came during our fantasy breakout in 2018. Shortly after the heavy drinking Fontaine was cut loose by the Packers sales department following a public meltdown triggered by her breakup with on-again, off-again boyfriend, William Franks. As you'll recall, Fontaine took a Greyhound bus to Chicago to live with her sister, Patsy Bummels. Fontaine told Bummels that she had a bead on a well-paid role with the Bears ticket office, but that was a fib. Instead, Fontaine spent long hours day drinking in her sister's basement and mouthing off to Patsy's husband, five foot four Gordon Bummels, who eventually kicked Rhonda out of the house after she threw a Korig coffee maker through a kitchen window during a Christmas Eve drunk. Out of moves, Fontaine scanned bulletin boards at the University of Chicago for shared rides and wound up catching a car to Bloomington, Indiana in January of 2019, where she quickly shacked up with a bartender named Big Boy. Life seemed to be on the up and up with Fontaine lowering her drinking and tapping the brakes on her heavy marijuana usage. Fontaine and Big Boy seemed to thrive during Corona. Fontaine gifted the 365-pound Big Boy with a Peloton bicycle, which they both used to lower their body fat percentages. Rhonda even penned a four-page handwritten letter to Patsy and Gordon Bumbles, taking full accountability for her misdeeds in 2018. 
she began to research the concept of moving to Indianapolis with Big Boy to take a $35,000 a year job with the Colts season ticket department. However, it was then discovered by the Monroe County Sheriff's Department that Fontaine had hired a pair of husky teen boys to steal the Peloton bike from the garage of a neighbor up the street. Said neighbor, Mindy Charlemagne, chose to press charges, which sent Fontaine on the run. Rhonda's last known moves were, one, using Big Boy's U.S. Bancorp debit card to withdraw $280, two, catching a Peter Pan bus line to Fort Worth, Texas, three, using said debit card to pay for a $390 tab at Tumbleweed Sports Bar in Fort Worth, four, employing the same debit card to purchase two cases of Carlo Rossi brand Merlot, five, reportedly getting into a fistfight with a local librarian named Tina Mitz outside the Fort Worth Public Library, and then six, completely going off-grid. My advice to fantasy owners, Rhonda Fontaine is a high-risk, high-reward prospect who will not last beyond, beyond round 11 in 12-team drafts. My advice to fantasy owners, Rhonda Fontaine is a high-risk, high-reward prospect who will not last beyond round 11 in 12-team drafts. Dynasty participants should consider her as soon as round nine. You heard it here first. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come. 